There we are. Ha, there it is. Like I need a microphone, right? <laughs> Amen. The internet need. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we are grateful for those of you who are here and those of you who are participating online. Uh, get your Bibles. Let's get ready to uh, jump into the Word. We don't have much time, so let's uh, go to some. What's this? I, take my time. Oh. Oh, okay. Amen. Let's go to an, uh, a very familiar passage of Scripture, Psalm number 23. Psalm number 23. My uh, eagle's uh, landing children should have memorized it by now, right? Because they had that as a lesson. Who, who said, who, who memorized it? Barry, you know it? You know it all the way? Come on, let me hear it. You want to know verse 1? Oh. Did anybody, anybody learn the entire Psalm 23 from two weeks ago? No? You know the pretty card and the pretty bracelet you made? Eagle's Landing. No, no. Oh, you didn't learn it. Golly, and I had $100 in my wallet ready. Yeah, golly. Oh, guess I get to keep it. Amen. Psalm number 23. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah, if you're on uh, social media, I'm not, but my kids share things. Psalm 23 got some notoriety. <laughs> Amen. You may take your seat. And I will de well. <laughs> Amen. That's not funny. All right, so tonight we're going to uh, continue in our topic of margin. This is week three of our 40 Days of Family campaign. And our pastor started us off wonderfully on Sunday, teaching us how to get some margin built into our lives so that we can get some of that stress out of our lives, amen, so that we can live in peaceful habitations with one another, amen. That's the goal, to not have to put anybody out, amen. <laughs> but it's also more than that. It's more than uh, money. It's, it's do you have any margin in your health, you know? Do you have any margin, you know, on, on the workplace, you know? Are you always late? People who are always late have no margin. That means you're oversleeping, and you're running in, you, yeah, uh, it's not good, all right? You cause yourself a lot of unnecessary stress when you, we don't live our lives with a built-in cushion or a built-in comfort zone, and we call that margin. So tonight, my title is, Don't Run Out, Run Over. Don't run out. When you are out of margin, you're running out of things. And God does not want his children to be running out of anything. We shouldn't be running out of patience. We shouldn't be running out of time. We definitely shouldn't be running out of money. We shouldn't be running out of anything. Why? 
because the creator of heaven and earth is our Father God. And whatever he has, we have. If he holds the sands of time, then I have control over time. If he created this body, then I have control over this body. Whatever he has belongs to me. So I can't run out of anything. Oh, Pastor Kim, I'm running out. I've been running out. Well, I'm going to show you tonight how not to ever run out again. I'm, I'm telling you, I know something about this because I know what it means to run out. I know what it means to have, you know, more months than you have money. I know what it means to have more things going on than you have time for. I know what it means to watch yourself run out of patience and be willing to flip chairs and what? It ain't good, guys. So I want to, yeah, let's get into this. All right. So let's, let's start here. There's a buzzword that's out. You hear it on the news. Everybody's talking about it, and it's called sustainability. Sustainability is simply this. It's the ability to be maintained at a certain rate or level. It's the avoidance of depletion. So when they talk about sustainability, they're talking about, can we keep this planet going without anything running out? That's what they're talking about out there. But can I tell you something? We are not running out of water. We are not running out of land. Oh, we're not running out of anything. We're not running out of oil. Oh, Pastor Kim, yes, we are. I mean, they spilt more oil in the Pacific Ocean on two weeks ago than we pumped in our cars all month long. The reason there's no oil right now, the reason gas prices aren't very favorable, is because they shut down a major pipeline. So it's still, the oil is still there. We're just not pumping it. So there's no running out. Do you think the all-knowing God would create a planet, allow people to remain on a planet until 2020 whatever, 2030 whatever, 40,000 whatever, and run out? What kind of God would run out? So we cannot buy into the rhetoric that's being spoken out there because we get to talking with our friends and we start talking about climate change and global warming and water running out. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. Well, Pastor Kim, the glaciers aren't the same size. And da, 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 da. Don't believe the hype. They're measuring things in millimeters and nanometers and microns, and we, we're acting like they're talking about feet. We're acting like they're talking about miles. There's more glacier underwater than we even see. So let, let's settle ourselves down and get our minds, our mouths out of depletion mode. All right, so when we talk about sustainability, we're talking about can I maintain things at a certain rate or level? Can I keep going and not run out? So I want us to stop for a moment and think about our lives. Can I keep running this way and be all right? Can I keep wasting time, squandering money, eating the way I've been eating, and not think I'm going to run out? Let's think about sustainability. Can you sustain wellness if you keep eating the way you've been eating? Now, I'm not pointing at you because I had to. Can I, can I, can I honestly say 120 years? Or am I depleting life right out of my body? Can I reach 
multi-millionaire, billionaire status treating money the way I treat money today? Will my family make it another year if I keep cutting up the way I've been cutting up? Can I keep my job another pay cycle if I keep showing up and performing the way I've been showing up and performing? Can we sustain where we are? If there is no sustainability, I'm telling you there is no margin. So anywhere we look and we say, it can't keep going this way, then I need to make some changes. I can't keep operating in the mode of continually running out, all right? So there, you know, we look at it and we say, well, Pastor Kim, I'm doing all right. But do you know that we are one more rent hike away from not being okay? No, think about it. We, we look at what's happening in this city, and, and, and there is a talking affordable housing. Pastor and I was just talking about this before we came here. Affordable housing rates are based on the median income of an area. Now, let's think about this. If millionaires and billionaires, six- and seven-digit earners moving to this area, from California, from New York, from Jersey, from Texas, coming up from Miami, can the rent prices... So we got to ask ourselves, if I got the call that it was changing next week, would I be okay? How much margin do you have for a sweeping change to happen and you still stay afloat? We're talking margin. Okay, that's money, but there's more than money. How many more times can I come in with a bad attitude? and he not come home again. How many more times do you think you can run your mouth at your mom and she not put you out? No, this, this, we're talk, no for real, we're talking, we're talking real margin here. How long do you think the current situation can, can exist? All right, so we gotta put some margin in our lives. Now, that's family. We looked at finance. How's your relationship with God? Can it grow and become what it needs to be if you kept doing what you're doing today? If I keep just waking up and throwing him a 10-minute Hail Mary prayer and running out of the house, okay, God, I'm going out here today and I just need you to be with me, Lord. Help me, Father God. Okay, okay, I go, go, come on, come on, get in the car. When a storm of life hits, is that going to be enough? to get me through? Am I going to be okay if the 23rd Psalm keeps saluting me? I think I'm walking through the valley of the, the valley of the dry bones. No, that's not the valley of the dry bones. The valley of the... Because you do know we're heading to a place where you're not going to be able to pick this up, right? Oh, no, Pastor Kim, that'll never... Are you kidding me? This is becoming the most controversial book in... So we've got to do what he said, spend enough time or have enough time built into my day so that I can begin to do what Psalm 119 tells me, to begin to hide his word in my heart, 105, that I might not sin against him. Right. 
But if I don't have time to sit down and to meditate the word and to study the word and to review the messages, how long do you think you can keep going like this? How long do you think before you get the pink slip? Keep cutting out early because we won't plan our days. We won't tell them that, hey, I got three kids. They've got doctor's appointments on different days. Nobody knows where anybody needs to be because we don't even schedule our time. We don't know where one member of the family is supposed to be on any given day. So we're running all across town, burning up gas that we can't pay for. How long do you think we can do that? So we need to get to a place where we are not running out, but we are running over. All right? So I got to get some phrases out of my mouth. I want you to hear these things that we typically say. I've got more month than I've got money. Something like, I can't take it anymore. What about I'm overwhelmed? We got to get these phrases out of our mouth. What about um, if you would just, if I could just get away? Do you know those things, they sound so great until you access it. What are you really saying when you say, Calgon, take me away? So? That's going to make you itch and set off your allergies? Really? How is that? How is No, really. But we say those things. And why do we say them? Because we're operating without any margin. Because we understand now that margin is simply having more than what is necessary or required. I have more time on my hands than what's required. That might mean I need to get up a little earlier. That might mean I need to go to bed a little earlier. We're always running late. That means we're not getting enough sleep on the front end. So we're trying to make up for it on the back end. We can't keep going to class late. And if you run a business, you can't keep showing up late because your time is your money. Okay. What about showing up to church on time? People come to church on time if you had some chicken wings. No, but what does it really say about how we value things and prioritize things when the church is negotiable, when showing up and serving is negotiable, when it's, when it's if I have time, I will know. This is the most important thing. And so we've got to make sure there is, not make time, make sure there is time, all right? So we've got to learn how to run over. So we learned tonight in us all of the steps that we need in Psalm number 23. So here we go. We're going to go fast. Here are the six steps to running over. You might want to write these down because I thought they were pretty good. I think, I think they're pretty good. Number one, from verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Number one, I've got to recognize the source of increase, the Lord. I shall not want. That want means I shall not lack, shall not what? Diminish, I shall not decrease, I shall not have a need. But it's not from me, I'm not the source of that. My job is not the source of that. I don't need one more contact to make it. No, the Lord, the Lord is the source. 
all right? So I've got to recognize what's the source of increase. Man, if I could just get, you know, five more hours on the job, if I can just work one more shift, if I can get two more clients, if I could just make them, no, no, it's the Lord. And we've got to do whatever it takes to connect to him as the source. If you find yourself running out of money, I tell you this, it's not a job problem. It's not an intellect problem. It's a Lord problem. You've been doing things. Ask me how I know. When I was my own Lord, I said, when I was my own Lord, and I did whatever Kimberly wanted to do, I bought whatever Kimberly wanted to buy, I ate whatever Kimberly wanted to eat, when she wanted to eat it, how she wanted to eat it, I traveled when I felt like it, I didn't. When I was my own Lord, I kept running out. I kept being diminished. Making more money than my parents had ever made. I said making more money than my parents ever made and had less than they had. College educated, good job, and they're having to bail me out. Why? Because I wasn't going to the right source. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. I shall not decrease. And I definitely am not going to diminish. I'm not coming down and I'm not running out. Because I'm recognizing the true source of increase. You know, I'm, I'm for education. I am for it. But another degree is not going to fix it. Because you spend 80000 next degree, you, you get a $50,000 increase on your job. If that's if, if that don't even happen, maybe 10. Tax comes and tax man comes and he takes a good portion of that. But guess what happens? Because you're your Lord. You increase your living to match your new degree. I know it. I know it. Amen. Number one, recognize the source of increase, the Lord. Here's number two from verses two and three. It says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Number two, receive the Lord's guidance or instruction. Receive him as your shepherd. I've got to allow the Lord to do what it is he wants to do. You know, my son is pretty big. And there was a time when I physically could make him do whatever I wanted him to do. You know, a two-year-old, you want him to sit down, you just pick him up and you put him in the chair. And every time he got up, you didn't want him up, you just pick him up and put him in the chair. Stand up, Jonathan. You gonna, uh. See, I can't make him, I, I, I can't, I, he's like, definitely not. <laughs> I can't, I can't make him. Can I tell you something? As much as God has under his control, as much as God has the ability, I didn't mean to hit you in your face, I'm sorry. As much as God has the ability to do, he's not going to make you lie down in green pastures. He'll let you keep riding past them. He'll let you keep Googling it. He'll let you keep...
keep posting it on Instagram. He'll let you keep liking it on Facebook, but he can't make you lie down in them. You got to let him lead you. You got to let him guide you. He makes me to lie. But that says makes. Okay, this is written by a submitted David. I said this is written by a submitted David. Have you yet submitted to his lordship? And beyond that, have you allowed him to shepherd you? Now, I know it's hard because, you know, we pastor. And, um, you know, we shepherd. That's another name for pastor, shepherd, right? There are very few people we can actually shepherd because they look at you and say, first chick, I'm older than you. Hey, chick, I'm smarter than you. Hey, man, I put on my pants. You put your pants on. Bro, what you got? We ain't going to show you what we got. If you can't follow based on what we're saying, then you're not our shame. Well, the same thing. He can be somebody else's. The Lord can be somebody else's shepherd and not necessarily be yours. You can come to church. You can tithe. You can sow seed. Come on here. You can confess. You can do all of it and he not be your shepherd. How do you know he's not your shepherd? Because he can't make you do anything. He can't make you do anything. I said, he can't make you do anything because you keep rising up against him. See, now I've got to trust what we've already built, a submission that we've already built. When a kid gets this size, I have to have already trained him and taught him when I call you, come. When I say sit down, sit down. When I train them up from their youth. I have had to already do that because now I can't physically make him. Well, you have a will. And God can't make you do anything. He's got to hope that there's enough relationship He's got to hope that there's enough relationship when he says, trust me, dear one, I'm leading you into green pastures. Stop hustling, stop grinding, stop writing business plans, stop going to meetings, and just let me lead you. Just let me lead you. Just let me lead you. I'm trying to make you lay down in green, verdant, lush, beautiful, come on, pastures. Put that word up there for me, pastures. Is the Hebrew word na'ah. He says, I'm trying to give you a green, luxurious, pleasant abode, habitation. I want to put you in a meadow. I want to put you out in a pasture where you can feed and graze and never want. Do you know there was a time when Central America, over Oklahoma, Arkansas, you know, when everybody said, go, go west, young boy, go west, you know, and, and the flight migration went west, and there are farming rules that you had to obey. Can I tell you something? They wouldn't obey it. And you studied something called the Great Dust Bowl, where the earth became so depleted. Well, that's not going to happen if you do what God tells you to do. When he tells you this is your land, this is your pasture, this is where I want you to feed, it's not going to run out. It's not going to brown up, and it's definitely not going to turn to dust, okay? So we've got to receive the Lord. 
He wants to lead you beside still waters, undisturbed, quiet, peaceful, restful waters. There's nothing more relaxing than still waters. All right? Number three, verse three again. Let him restore your soul. Stop nursing. Here we go. Past failures, shame, guilt, and hurt. Let him restore your soul. All right? Well, Pastor Kim, what does that have to do with anything with running out? Most people don't believe they deserve to run over. Most people are still struggling with that can't possibly be for me because you don't know what I've done and you don't know what I did. That does not matter with God. Allow him to restore your soul. Stop nursing those past failures. But see, all of this goes back to making him Lord. All right? We've got to make sure that, that when we're talking about making God our Lord and him our shepherd, that we uh, don't keep taking on things and doing things that he hasn't caused, called us to do. There are things that seem like a good idea, but it's not God. There are things that seem like a wonderful opportunity, but it's not your opportunity. Come on, there are things that look like it may be helpful. It's not helpful to you. It's depleting the time God has given you. Sometimes we've got to learn how to say this simple word. No. 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 And then number three, don't allow that to make you feel bad. Because we take on these things. We take on these responsibilities. We take on these cares. We take on these concerns that aren't ours. And so what happens is the things that God has called you to do, you can't do them because you're running around doing all of the things that make you look like somebody else's Lord and somebody else's shepherd. See, we've got to deal with our own personal God complexes. Well, look what I did and look how I helped and look where I spent my time. And uh, 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 uh. if God didn't lead you to it, if he didn't make you lie down in it, it ain't yours. Amen? All right. Now, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We've got to deal with fear. I said we've got to deal with fear. We've got to cast all care aside, get all of the fear out, and allow God to do what he wants to do. Sometimes when God calls you out into something, it's scary. But if we don't deal with fear, fear will keep us paralyzed and stuck in the same position that we don't like. Most people won't move into running over because they're simply afraid. And so we've got to look at those things that are causing us fear and not deal with them through counseling. Bless God for counselors. But do you know we have a mighty counselor? The Holy Ghost. He counsels us. He's our teacher and our guide. And so if we would just talk to him about it, do you know all of that fear will be eradicated and we will go from running out to running over. Now look at what he says. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When you look up rod in the Hebrew, it talks about, yeah, a stick, but it also talks about a scepter of authority. Yes. Allow him 
Come on. To use his authority in your life yes. to make and cause things to happen. We as believers don't have to make anything happen. Well, how you, I got to make it happen. You can't make it happen. Because if you start making it happen, you're manipulating situations. Don't make anything happen. Allow him to cause things to happen. But if I don't do anything, I'm afraid that, did you just hear that fear? Did you just hear that fear? All right. Now, his, his, uh, the rod and the staff. The staff speaks of support. Do you know God has support staff? I said, do you know that God has support staff? If he's got some authority, he better have some staff. Remember the centurion soldier that Jesus dealt with? And he talked about the Jesus said he had uh, the greatest faith he'd ever seen. What did he say? He says, I'm also a man of authority. And I've got people under me. And when I tell them to go, guess what they do? They go. Well, we serve a shepherd. We have a Lord that also has authority. But can I tell you something else? He's got a staff. They're called his angels. They're called his angels. And they go to work on your behalf so you don't have to. So now you can redeem some of your time. You can redeem some of your health. You can redeem some of your soul by what? Taking your hands off of it and allowing those angels that we can't see to get the job done. They're not just sitting there. They're not fictitious. They didn't die with Della Reese touched by an angel. They didn't die with her. Now, I just dated myself. Y'all don't know nothing about that because your babies. But Della Reese had a TV show. Touched by an angel. You see what I'm saying? Come on. Angels are, they're real. They're real. And they're working on our behalf. They're ministering spirits. Sent to heed the word of this, his authority. We've got support. Stop fearing how you're going to get stuff done. Do you know angels, man, have control of all of this? Angels have control over all of this. They can get things done while you're sleeping. While you go to sleep. Go to sleep. Rest in the authority and the support staff, all right? Number five, right in verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That goes back to fear. Well, yeah, you know, somebody else might get the deal. Somebody, don't worry about that. Pay any attention about who talking about you, who don't like you. Sit down and eat in front of them. Do you know what it looks like to eat in front of somebody don't like you? That's powerful. You keep running over. You keep increasing. Don't pay, don't, don't pay the devil no mind. You just, you just keep doing what God called you to do. Pick your head up and walk. Man, I just, I like to testify. In ministry, we've had enemies. And so you know what you have to do? You get up, you put your tie on, you put your suit jacket on, you polish your shoes, you put on a proper pair of socks, you put on a nice belt, and you walk in here like nothing ever happened. And you, and you stand up in what you know is right, and you keep going. I put on the prettiest dress, I put some matte foundation on my face, I keep it pimping, I keep it moving. What? Because I sit down in front of my enemies. I don't run away from them. I don't hide from them. I don't get bothered by them. I don't pay them no, pay them no mind. Sit down and eat. I said sit down and eat. 
Well, you don't know who talking about me. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Don't waste your time. I said, don't waste your time. Fretting about who don't. Sit down and eat. I said, sit down and eat. Well, you know what they, sit down and eat. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Number five, acknowledge the grace and or anointing that's on your life. If God has called you to do it, you're graced or anointed for it. I said you're graced or anointed for it. Because he would not call you and not give you the ability to get it done. It, it, the grace comes with the task. Do you know when you don't have the grace? When you're doing something you're not supposed to do. Listen, not everybody can work children's ministry, and if you notice, I do not go around soliciting people to come work in children's ministry because long before you ever ask, I've already checked out everybody, and I know already who has the grace for it and who doesn't. Everybody can't do it. So instead of frustrating, well, don't you just need help? No, we don't just need help. We need anointed and grace people to get it done. Lest we get written up, fine, sued, ain't having that. Ain't got time for that. Got time to talk to DCF about anything. But how can I help you? Because I don't need you in here. But what happens is you take a person that's not graced for children, they get frustrated because they're not in the grace, so that means they don't have any margin for it, and before you know it, you done body slam somebody to it. So I can't let that happen. If I got to go down there and work in my dress, don't, no, 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 no. I don't just go tap somebody and say, hey, you, 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 can you come work children's church? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, where's Pastor Kim? She down there with those shoes. Because you got to be anointed and graced for it. Because when you are, it does not feel like work. It does not feel like work. And you don't get tired. Pastor Kim, I know you're tired. No, I don't get tired. You're not tired? No, I don't get tired. Well, you've been here at 6 o'clock in the morning. So you got up at 6 o'clock. You've been here with the church at 8.3. You're running back and forth between all the people. What is that? That's my necklace inside. Oh, Lord. I don't get tired. You're not tired yet? No, I'm not tired yet. You've been running a long time. No, I'm not tired yet. I'll leave there and then go sit in the sun for two and a half hours at a baseball game. I'm not tired yet. Do you know when I get tired? When the grace, li grace lifts and it says, go to the spirit says, go to bed. And no matter what time I go to bed, 6 o'clock, 6.30, yes, Lord, I'm ready to do it again. I don't need a vacation. I don't call people in to come cover me. I don't look for creative ways to shut the school down. No. The moment you're trying to think of ways to get out of what you said you were called to do, you're not graced for it. Period. You're not accessing the grace. He's trying to pour the oil and you're doing like this. Uh -huh. 
You ain't graceful. It's a lot of talented people. God's trying to pour the oil on you for some things and you won't let him pour it on you. You know why? It goes back to fear. It goes back to fear. I'm afraid they're going to get over me. I'm afraid they're going to use me. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Just step into the grace. All right? And the last one, verse 5. No, not going to 6. I'm going to stop at 5. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You got to let your cup overflow. I said you got to let it overflow. Well, Pastor Kim, he says my cup overflows. Only if you've done one through five. If you've not done one through five, your cup keeps running out. If he's not your Lord. There, you know, there are some people who will never see, I'm sorry, and this is going to, don't take it wrong. But there are some people who will never see financial well-being the way Christ wants it to be seen. There are some people who will never taste debt freedom. There are some people who will never see the supernatural provision of God. There are some people who will never live in a mansion. There are some people who will never, never, ever, never, ever, never, never, ever, never do any of this. Why? Because they don't want to. I said they don't want to. No, everybody in church wants to. No. No. There are people who will walk with Christ for 50, 60, 70 years and will never know the healing power of God. You know why? Because they're all right with, child, I got this sugar diabetes. I got this sugar. I'm going to take this insulin and I'm going to keep eating the way I want to eat. I ain't coming through no preline. I ain't trying to hear what Gigi and Barbara stand by no exercise. I ain't trying to hear none of that. So they'll never, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep running to the doctor. I'm not gonna sit down long enough with the Holy Ghost and let him minister to me about what it is I need to change and what it is I need to fix and what it is I need to stop. I'm not gonna let him be Lord and shepherd me. Not in this help. You gotta let it run over. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. So don't run out. Run over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that great?